turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Thanks and welcome into the show. I have a goal of getting you wealth-created mentality. Uh, a wealth-creator's mentality is probably the right way of saying that. I have a goal of getting you to retirement. Then I think you're going to need to manage it a little bit differently because I'm just not that smart. My money's um, become more complicated as I got older, and I started doing better and differentiated strategies than just wealth accumulation. Doesn't mean I had to do that. We'll talk about it, okay? I'm going to be as honest as I can on this show. Talk about saving. Talk about investing. Talk about insurance. Talk about business models, not fashion models. 20, 30 years ago, I might have been talking fashion models, but today we're going to be talking about business models and investing and learning how to do things right. Okay. First and foremost, there's a lot of financial components in your life when you're younger and trying to learn how to like navigate the financial process. I think the easiest thing to do is in your 20s, be who you are, try to marry wisely, make sure your education is good enough for a career. If not, go back and get more education or change careers. And when I say good enough for a career, career meaning how much are you going to earn versus how much do you want to spend? If you get a job paid $100,000 a year, that's $1 million in 10 years. That's $4 million in 40 years. That's barely enough to retire on. No, no, no. Let me give you a thought. That'll create $160,000 a year of income in good High interest rate environments, not so much in bad, low interest rate environments. Now, what did I just say? Bad, low interest rate environments. That's pretty fascinating, right? When interest rates are super low, it's telling you something's wrong with the economy. It's not producing enough inflation. No, no. That's what we used to think. But low interest rates implies struggling economy. High interest rates imply an economy that's too hot. And then there's Goldilocks who likes to meet just in the middle. I think just in the middle is 3% on the 10-year treasury. Around 3.5-4%, I'm much more interested in investing in income than I am interested in investing in stocks. I I still invest in stocks, don't get me wrong. But I become very, very picky. When interest rates are at 1%, all I did was invest in stocks. If interest rates go to 5%, probably all I'll do is invest in income. Income can be bonds. It can be uh, S&P, low volatility income index. It could be an S&P, low valuation fund. It could be real estate investment trusts. So when I take a look at the current 10-year interest rate, and you could do this by going to Yahoo Finance. You could probably do it at CBS Market Watch. You could probably do it at CNBC. Wall Street Journal, whatever your favorite financial media place is, turn on CNBC for 10 minutes. You'll definitely sit in the lower right-hand corner. 
it becomes much more, I become less interested the higher interest rates go on the 10-year treasury in stocks. I become much more interested in other things. Okay, I don't want to get too much into that, but I think we're moving from a 15-year period of super low interest rates, i.e. nothing but stocks as an option for me, to more of a moderate, maybe it's more of a blend right now. Maybe I'm trying to stock pick a little bit better. And the Federal Reserve is saying things that make me want to go, I think I better be prepared for more income. So a lot of my research has been skewing that direction. Fed has decided the U.S. needs a growth recession to rein in inflation. That's bad news for job seekers. The chance of an economic soft landing is faded. The Fed is pushing for a growth recession. The phrase describes a period of below average growth, rising unemployment, and slowing inflation. Fed said that they want to bring some pain. So this this episode or this segment could be replayed 100 million times over 100 million years, and it's the same concept. The Fed controls interest rates. I was talking with a market strategist yesterday, and he said some great stuff. Um, very smart. I'll post on my YouTube channel later today. Adam Phillips from EP Wealth. But I, I threw down a really hard question. I said, all things aside, don't you think it's been the low interest rate for the last 15 years? It's driven the stock market to above average returns and above average expectations. And he goes, um, yeah. It makes me and you a little less needed if people understand interest rates are a big component in investing. The biggest component in investing, in my opinion. The biggest component in Returns on real estate, low interest rates. A low interest rates mean you can afford more risk, more home, more everything because you're getting charged less interest. Now, it's not all you need to know. You also have to have some nerves of steel. But if you're 20, all you need to do, in my opinion, is manage your 401k. Try to get as much in as you can, 15% of your salary. If that means eating ramen noodles between 8% and 10%, that means eating ramen noodles. I'm fine with that. If that means you know um, being creative in your uh, dating life, instead of spending you know $200 on a dinner, $200 on a show, I, I, I say you grab some charcoal pencils and draw each other for one night with a cheap bottle of two-buck chuck wine. Done that many times in my life. It's had some pretty humorous results. I pulled out my oil paints yesterday. Like, kind of losing my afternoons to wasting time. So I'm like, I need to start painting again. I get up early. I stay up late. But my afternoons are like my, my time. Okay, so number one thing you could do is your 401k in your 20s. You can make some financial mistakes. I think that's good. You can get the dating hubris out of yourself if you have that. Um, I was desperate to be in love and I dated too many people. And I said, you know, this person's going to be my love. 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 And then in my 30s, I, I finally settled down with the wrong one. And there was many before her that were the right ones. 
And that marriage lasted under a year. So I married very, very poorly. But you know what? I didn't have kids and I didn't stay in it too long. So I think that's something you could do in your 20s. I, I kind of delayed my 20s because I started a career. If that makes any sense. I focused, I was working 14-hour days pretty consistently throughout my, my 20s. Um, I'm surprised I'm still alive, all things considered. So it's that kind of simple. The Fed Reserve is the number one thing you look at. Number two, in my opinion, the jobs report. 10-year treasure number one. Under 3.5% to 2%, you buy stocks. I don't think we're ever going to see 1.5% on the 10-year treasury again. Over 35 3.75%, I think you buy income investments. Number two, the jobs report the first Friday of every month. Super important. You don't want it too low. Remember, you're looking for Goldilocks. She was a pretty cool chick. You don't want it too low. You don't want unemployment at 2%. Because then everyone's able to tell their boss, take this job and shove it. I'm not working here no more. But you also don't want it at 6%. Somewhere between 3%, 3 3.5%, 4% is perfect in my mind. And the number three thing that you look at, and I haven't looked at it in 15 years in large part because it wasn't important. It was the CPI index, consumer price inflation. Because that can change your relationship into number one and number two. Number one, the 10-year treasury. Number two, the employment numbers. Number three, the CPI consumer price index. Those are the three only economic data points I need to start really building a good investment thesis. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find that interview that I did with Adam Phillips, EP Wealth Director of Portfolio Strategy at Rob Black Show later today. I put it up once a week. I include it in my Super Friday Best Of podcast. That's right. My podcast is four days what I do on the air, Friday is the best of those four days. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. First hour of my show, I typically try to dedicate to strategy. Sometimes I skew off that. Second hour of the show, I typically dedicate it to topical daily news. Um, it doesn't always work that way, but I'll give you an idea of what I did yesterday. I'm pretty honest with you. I think to a fault. Um, I I have a spouse who's mad at me for some of the things I've said about her family on air. She's like, they could be listening. I'm like, I don't really care. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I I, I think unfiltered is is the way to go. I've had ideas for podcasts called like Raw Black Raw. No music, just me and someone else in the industry talking at a bar. Or me and you talking at lunch with a microphone. I've had a concept of Rob Black After Dark, which is a drinking show where it's a call-in show and you can call in with love or you can call in with financial questions. Um, Love is expensive. It's a big part of the financial component to getting you to retirement. So what I did yesterday is a little bit goofy. And again, it's a little bit too much about me and it doesn't have to be about me. But I'm 50 plus years old and I'm still figuring stuff out. I think that's a good thing. Um, so I'm probably old enough to be a lot of your kid's dad, right? <laughs> You're saying, duh. If I'm right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love credit card rewards. I save anywhere between two and 5% more than you 
because I use credit rewards on all transactions. Now, again, that's not true totally. I don't use credit cards on my mortgages. Um, but if I could, I would. And no, I'm not going to pay 2 and 5% to get 2% back on a credit card. I'm not going to be that kind of tricky. Although I see those stories on occasion where someone uses a credit card to buy a Tesla. And you're like, okay. Uh, it's just not my thing. So yesterday, okay, here's my credit cards. I got a city double cash, which is good for everything except for my travel, my hotels, um, my flights. I guess it's travel, right? Um, I've got a Hilton American Express, which gives me diamond status at all Hilton hotels and Hilton resorts, plus one free night a year. Um, that's been pretty effective for me when my kids were small, doing soccer tournaments, getting that platinum membership and check in super fast, as well as points and free stays and using those transferable points to airlines outside of the ones that I typically use. Um, 3% back on all hotels and travel. I use a dining card, Chase Sapphire preferred for travel for restaurants, for hotels. Uh, I'm dropping my Hilton because my kids got older and we're no longer, I'm too big of a man to stay in a room with another child, with another man, essentially. A man child. He's a man, baby. Um, one area that I've really failed in is a credit card for good gas purchases and good grocery stores. And I found it yesterday. For me, I use Verizon. I think you're, you know, you have three choices in mobile. Verizon has a pretty good card for grocery and gas combined. And it's not a $500 spin category. I hate those. We'll match 3% up to the first $500, then 1% thereafter. I'm like, no. That's the bane of my existence. But the Verizon credit card, it takes $10 off every line that I use and family of four. So that saves me about 10% to 6% on each phone line. That's pretty good right there because my phone bills are, you know, 160 bucks. So to knock off $40 here and there, um, plus it gives $100 back. I don't really care about the $100 back. Um, but it gives 3% on dining. Don't care about it. I already have a dining. 2% on Verizon purchases. Eh, okay, so maybe I'll be more inclined to use it to buy my next Apple phone. Probably not. It's there if I want it. It gives me 1% on every other purchase. Boring. City double cash trumps it. But 4% on grocery and gas purchases. So yesterday, I, I did my thing. I got another card, and I canceled one. What sucks is I changed my credit profile. I canceled the Hilton American Express. I didn't know. Wait, wait, let me correct that. I didn't cancel it. I downgraded it. Instead of paying for the premium version, I downgraded it to a non-paying annual fee. So I still have all my points. I still get the 15 times points when I go on vacation at a Hilton property. I still can get ridiculous, you know, um, Hilton hotels with that. But again, I'm not going to do that very often. Although in October, I have to go to a, a seminar 
and be away from my home. So I don't mind staying by myself, but it's just not as functional. To be honest with you, I'm looking for an Airbnb card um, because my kids are big, but my kids are large. We just went to Old Town Alexandria and had an Airbnb. And again, I didn't use my Hilton card, right? It's kind of a wake-up call. Wake up, Mr. Block. You slept in. Um, and what we did was we got in an Old Town Alexandria, which is a very old city. It's got cobblestones. George Washington and founding fathers helped form our country in Old Town Alexandria. It could have been Philadelphia. It was that kind of the importance in the American Revolution. So my kids got to stay in a house that's 10 feet wide, four stories high. I'm 6'1". So when I'm walking through the place, I'm like, if I laid down, I take up about the whole width of this place. And it's cool. It's an old wooden floor, but you get the idea. So I picked up the Verizon card. So I now, I need one more card down the road. And it, it's probably an Airbnb rewards somehow, some way, some shape. I'll find it. It may already even exist out there. I've just never thought that I needed it. So again, on the Verizon card, um, I get 4% off on grocery and store and gas purchases. And you can do the math on this and you can save a lot of money. You know, what are you spending at the grocery store a week? $400. So let's say that's $1,600, right? A month. How much do you spend on gas a month? Um, let's say $100. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I have an electric vehicle, but I also have my truck uh, that I take to the mountain on a basis. How much is my Verizon bill? Okay, 160. How much do I spend at restaurants? Let's just say 100, just to throw that one in there. I'm going to put nothing else on the card. When I calculate it, what I'm going to save every month is $74 for a free no annual percentage great card. $74 every month times 10 is 740, 810, $880 a year for my grocery savings, my gas savings. And my uh, wireless phone bill savings. I wish that it would give me protection on my cell phones if I lost them or damaged them. It doesn't. There are cards that do that. Um, but mathematically, Ryzen's credit card makes a lot of sense for me and my family where we are today. Chase Sapphire Preferred, Verizon Credit Card, City Double Cash. Those are my three primaries. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Now back to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. So my indulgence is not chocolate. My indulgence is not jet skis or boats. My indulgence is not the latest brand new watch or phone. My indulgence is travel and, and live music with my children and my spouse. And I spend too much money on it. This weekend I saw Bruno Mars. And 21 pilots with ridiculously good seats. I was not expecting Bruno Mars to blow me away. He did. It was one part James Brown, one part Prince. James Brown with the um, soul. Prince with the guitar shredding. Michael Jackson with the dancing. And just a dude that smiles a lot. It makes you feel good every minute you're there. There's a woman in front of my son who's 13 um, and she was twerking and he was freaking out because she was kind of a little too close to him. I will remember that the day I die because the next night at 21 Pilots, I was like, look, look, it's that lady from last night. She's sitting right in front of us again. 
that's what I, those are my indulgences. What are yours? Uh, last segment, I talked about not having a great credit card for Airbnb. And turns out that I do. Remember I told you um, I've got the Chase Sapphire Reserved card? I think the Chase Sapphire Preferred is lovely. I think the Reserve, if you travel a lot, is better than the Preferred. The Preferred has a $95 annual fee. The Reserve has a $550 fee, but you get a lot more things with the Reserve that are tied towards travel. Three annual travel credit. So it's really $250. A generous welcome bonus, which I've long passed mine. You get 50% more value when you redeem points for travel through Chase or select purchases through Pay Yourself Back program. The rewards are pretty much so transferable to other airlines, transfer to valuable airlines and hotel partners. I like it. Now, why is that one better than the rest for Airbnb? Because I want my next Airbnb to be Paris, Mexico, or somewhere overseas that may not necessarily take the dollar as the first currency. And that's where I already had in my wallet what I need for Airbnb. Um, again, this is pretty current up-to-date analysis. For the record, I never, ever, never, ever, ever carry a balance. If you carry a balance, rewards are stupid. It'll never catch up to it. But the Chase Sapphire Preferred, it's a mid-tier card that earns rewards at Airbnb. The Chase Sapphire Preferred is the preferred choice for one company that does the ratings. It's also a great choice for those who plan to travel abroad because it doesn't charge foreign transaction fees. You can redeem your points for $1.25 per point towards Airbnb purchases, though pay yourself through pay yourself back. Um, here's one area that I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You know how some travel sites say, we're going to give you, like the Chase Sapphire Reserve is the expensive card at $550 a year. The Chase Sapphire prefers only $95. If I were to travel one to three times a year, I'm probably going to go with the preferred. If I travel three or more, or if I have a long stay, I'm going to use the reserve. Keep in mind, you can get the reserve downgraded to the um, preferred later if you want to go that direction. But when they say you get 1.5 cents per point, it's not always that correct when you use it for airlines. Because when you go to their travel site, you take a look at it and you're like, oh, a flight to Washington, D.C. is $600. But when you go to like Alaska Airlines, that same $600 flight on Chase's travel site is $400 on Alaska Airlines or Expedia. And it's the preferred site that kind of jacks up the fares a little bit. Or we've negotiated with them a limited number of seats at this price. It's BS. So... If I can save between 2 to 6% on all of the important categories in my life, groceries, gasoline, um, travel, hotels, Airbnbs, I've outgrown going to Washington, D.C. to see my family, going to New York City to see a Broadway show. I now need the Airbnb experience where we get more space and we live more like a local. You decide what's appropriate for you. Um, but if you can save 2 to 6% and put that in into your investments, you're going to go further in life. Hope that helps. 67% of pandemic boomerang kids are still living with mom and dad. The pandemic caused a temporary spike in the number of young adults living with their parents. More than two years later, many millennials and Generation Zs are still there. 
Inflation has made it even harder for those just starting out who are already squeezed by student loan balances and sky-high housing costs. This is one area that I feel trauma for people who are under 25. Um, I got out of the house at 18. My son last night, who's 11, said, when can I leave the house? And I was like, do you mean like to go on your bike across a busy freeway? Not a freeway, but a busy roadway. Or do you mean like, when can you get an apartment? And suddenly he got really shy and couldn't answer it. But it was a moment of panic in my mind. Like, wow, he's ready to go. Um, but he might want to stay longer depending on financial issues, right? Hefty student loan bills, soaring housing costs. That's a stranglehold. And when I was 18, I was able to you know, go to Memphis. I was able to go to Austin. I was able to go to New York City. I was able to travel to Boston. Never lived in any, uh, never lived in Boston or Memphis or Austin. Glad I traveled there. Glad I got to see the world. I grew up overseas. Um, I barely, I had no friends that were American for a very long time in my life. So my friends were Greek, Turkish, uh, German, Japanese. Um, I think my perspective on investing is better. Because like when Putin hates America, I kind of get it. We're seen as the American cowboy uh, by a lot of other cultures. And in America, we just think we're number one. USA, USA, USA. But we're kind of a cowboy character to a lot of Europeans. Anyway, back to uh, reality. 67% of pandemic boomerang kids are still living with mom and dad. Here's the, I love that they're saving money. I hope that they're investing that money. But it's tragic to me they're not getting a worldly view and learning some travel mistakes, pros and cons. Pandemic was a short-term rocket, but the levels today are still significantly above where they were in 2019 as far as kids living at home. 25% of young adults live in a multi-generational household, up from just 9% five years ago. 9% five years ago, 25% today. I want these kids going out and learning about love, going out and learning about you know bad landlords, going out and learning about landlords raising prices, landlords not fixing dishwashers. I want them going through some life experience, learning how to fix that stuff themselves. You know what I learned when I, I um, bought a home 15 years ago? YouTube can teach me to do anything. I can fix patches. That, uh, I've now done electricity. I fixed a washer. I fixed a dryer. Um, I do all my own well painting I was doing before. I didn't really need YouTube for that. But there's nothing YouTube can't teach me how to fix. Um, on a regular basis, I do things like maintenance around my home. If you have a refrigerator and it's kicking out warm heat underneath, that probably means your coils are dirty in the back. Those are the YouTube videos that I watch. And if the coils are dirty, it's, it's using more energy. If you're using more energy, you're paying more money. And if you look at your PG&E bill or your electricity bill, you want to pay less, not more. Speaking of that, um, solar installations, thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act, are going to triple by the year 2027. Now, you look at 2027, and it's so much into the future. We'll probably have jetpacks. We'll probably have laser guns. No, it's five years from now. You find something that's growing faster than GDP. You invest in that area. If you're good at it, you beat the stock market more often than not. Not always. Nothing's guaranteed. But when you hear the word triple in five years, if you could triple your money in five years, would you? You might, and you might be too late for this, but you might be able to catch on to a company that can triple in the next five years, 
playing along in the game of the Inflation Reduction Act, which has given the solar industry the most long-term certainty it has ever had. In the last three days in California, we've had been on fear of blackouts, on fear of electricity loss. Not me. I got solar. And the prices that I was paying a year ago are less than they are today. So I'm fighting inflation by using the same sunshine that I used last year as I am this year. Um, I've completely wiped out 90% of my electricity bills, not only because of the solar and the solar battery, but because I've started just changing habits. They're saying that in Germany, cold showers and hanging laundry is back in. I kind of like that idea. My showers last less than two minutes. I'm not sexy. I'm not fun in the shower. I don't have a, a vacation. I get in, I get out. I don't waste water. I don't waste hot water. In Germany, they're like, we're going to do cold water and shower and hang in our laundry. Why not do that in the first place? One minute. The, the machine in my home that I think is evil, it's the Darth Vader of appliances. It's the machine that I hate. It's the Freddy Krueger of my money. It haunts my nightmares. It's the dryer. Oh, now I've got a good dryer. I think it's a Samsung and it has a sensor where it uses a lot less power. Or you can put it on hot air, warm air, air. The hot air is three times more expensive than the sensor, but hanging it out in the sunshine, not necessarily in the sunshine because you don't want your clothes to fade, but hanging it outside to dry in the dry California air is free. You just got to make sure friends and family don't visit you and see your, you know, your underwear that might have holes in it because I'm cheap there too. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. I work with EP Wealth for the first 25 years of my career. I worked for, first of all, Mercury Capital Management. It was a company that I started. Then I met CFP Chad Burton. And I was like, I don't want to marry you, but I want to marry our businesses together because he was a financial planner. I was a stock picker, portfolio manager, and it made a lot of sense. And then I got a gig working in radio because Business Talk Radio was a national radio network, basically of companies that would pay money to be on the air. And they needed someone to be an anchor show who could like drive audience. And that was me. I did five hours a day for Business Talk Radio, and I probably did another you know six, seven, eight, nine hours on top of that with my company. Mercury Capital became New Focus. New Focus eventually sells to EP Wealth. Um, that's where we are today. If you need a financial planner, EP Wealth can help. If you need to accumulate wealth, the show can help. Um, I'm working with EP Wealth right now. They do a lot of client webinars. One of the ones that's coming up is college funding. I'm like, can I open that up to my audience? They're like, well, we've never done that before. I'm like, please. And they're like, sure. So maybe in the next week, I'll have a website sign up on my site, robblackshow.com, so that you can see what a professional uh, presentation is on college funding. So one of the areas of the pandemic that I got into a little bit of an issue with, and you did too, was subscriptions, because we're, we broke the cable bundle. Yay! Long live streaming. We hated cable. We had like 900 channels of cable TV. I hate it. You hate it? I hate it. Long story short, um, we started streaming and we got Peacock and we got Disney Plus. Oh, baby Yoda, we have to have Disney Plus. 
And then we wanted to watch The Quiet Place 2, and that was Paramount Plus. And Peacock, for whatever reason, that was picked up. Hulu was picked up. Netflix, uh, I've got basically a lifetime membership with Netflix. Got that. So suddenly I was looking at all the stuff, and um, holy mackerel, I've got too many subscriptions. So I use something called Truebill. They've just recently changed their name to Rocket Money. Oh, horrible name because it makes it sound like it's part of Rocket Mortgage, and they probably are. And I don't like Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage is owned by Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James drama. And A, I don't like LeBron James, and B, I don't like the teams that beat Golden State, and Cleveland once did that. I think I could be wrong. I don't know my basketball as well as I know my investments. The long story short here is is that Rocket Mortgage, I think, is a bad idea. I don't think you should be getting the most expensive tool that you're going to use in your life, a $600,000 to a $1 million mortgage, through an app in five minutes or less. It's just me. It's just like, I don't think you should do your... Once your portfolio is worth $1 million, $2 million, $5 million, I don't think you should be doing it yourself. I think you're crazy. Um, the amount of tools that I get exposed to at EP Wealth to help me manage my wealth, including higher in- interest income than what you, you can get, is fantastic. Even the low interest rate on my cash, my Flourish cash, is, is a stunning number. But you can only get it if you're working with an institution. So my cash earns more than your cash. I'm not proud of that, but I think that's one of the reasons why you want to work with a professional who have access to better tools than maybe you do. I don't know. I could be wrong, though. Um, But subscriptions are the issue that kind of are in my head. Oh, and for the record, let's see if I can pull this up. Um. Let's see. Um, Reese's and no. Oh, wait, wait. 800 1220 to get your calls on the air. If you want to learn like what Flourish does, to go to F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H.com. And they co-brand it with investment advisors and financial planners. I think it works out really, really well. But again, I don't know. If you even invest in like other things that I don't want to talk about in large part because I think it starts to get too speculative. But the whole point of the segment was to really um, talk mostly about subscription services and rocket cash, rocket mortgage versus rocket, rocket mortgage versus rocket money. Like, see how I just don't like the name? Um, and it kind of bothers me to be quite honest with you. Um, hold on. I just got a code four, eight, three. I can say this cause no, I can't say that. Okay. Let's see what the interest rate on my cash is versus yours. Um, well, I can, Oh, current APV. Oh, I'm getting 2% on my cash. That's probably better than you're getting. And that's my emergency money. Now, here's the kicker on Flourish is it would take me two to three days to transfer it from Flourish, which is managed by, uh, it's not managed, it's it's uh, a co-owners, not co-ownership. 
EP Wealth Advisors gives me access to Flourish because they have a relationship with Flourish and that gets me 2% on my money. I've got $195,000 and interest earned since inception. I've earned $568 this year on my cash. Now that's just on my cash. Like that's my emergency cash is making little babies because it's earning 2%. Okay. Back to the original point of the segment. Most consumers underestimate how much they're spending on their subscription costs by over a hundred bucks. There's a company called Truebill, which became rocket money. Um, and I think it's fine. Some of your subscriptions, what, what Truebill does is it looks at your credit cards. It looks at your bank accounts and it says, oh, you've got a mobile phone subscription. You've got an internet subscription. We'll negotiate with Comcast for you. We'll negotiate with Verizon. You've got Amazon Prime. Can't negotiate with them. You've got music streaming. We could set you up for two years versus one at a lower price. Um, and all the uh, subscriptions that we have to online services, they negotiate with for $3 a month, which you can cancel after you do the first month. You can lower your, your subscriptions to you can First of all, you can see them all. And then you can also lower the cost of the ones that you want to keep. Truebill.com. It's an app as well as website. I'm Rob Black.